fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and this week we're going to talk about... I, I had a thought about this. It is a fucking American action classic from 1994, Double Dragon. Yeah, all right? Fuck you. It has Scott Wolf and Mark Dacascus, who is the most awesome person on the planet. He's also the host of Iron Chef, and he owns his own restaurant in Hawaii, I think? Yeah, this is this is Iron Chef meets Party of Five. Yeah, he was on Party of Five, and he knows no martial arts, and you can tell that through the entire movie. I had no idea Scott Wolf was in Party of Five, but I... I just looked at him and I was like, this party of five looking motherfucker doing in this movie. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that? And I, did I, I had no clue. Did I just and deliver? Then I, well, then I IMDB okay. him like right before I right before I got on the line. I was like, holy fuck, he actually was in party of five. Well, this fucking thing opens with a narration, right? It's it is amazing how many secondary and tertiary people, you know, are in this movie. Yeah, actually, they did pretty well getting a few of these people i mean it's like immediately we open up on the cast of big trouble in little china but it's all secondary oh yeah because <laughs> it's that it's that guy whose name i don't know but he's the he's a henchman or a side character doing martial arts and fighting in every movie from the late 70s to the mid 90s looks like his name i'm, I'm not 100 sure on the pronunciation but al long yes long. We, we talked about him before in the fucking big trouble in little china episode and probably in the diehard episode also he's like the most recognizable henchman in american action cinema he's like the steve buscemi of henchmen exactly oh that's the <laughs> that's the perfect perfect comparison yes he's the steve buscemi of henchmen so for those of you who don't know double dragon is quote unquote based on the video game loosely as in not at all it has the name and the characters names billy and jimmy are there lash and a bobo are also from oh yeah the game lash, i don't know if shuko is he's not he's not so have you ever seen the cartoon no i never have i wasn't even aware it existed also has nothing to do with the game aside from them existing marion's there but she's a cop billy and jimmy wasn't marion their girlfriend who got yes, kidnapped it's billy's girlfriend and that's the game the girlfriend yeah. gets punched in the stomach the bad guys take her away we don't know why exactly and then Billy and Jimmy go and kick ass and then eventually you fight like an evil clone of yourself or something see what I would like to see is I would like to see a remake of this only they do it Judge Dredd st or Dredd or uh, the Raid style oh like like his girlfriend gets kidnapped and he's like alright let's kick some ass and it's just in a fucking and in then a it, building yeah, then it's just like you know 30 floors of furious action as him and his brother fight their ways to the top to rescue Marion we will never get that in a million years do you know why this movie has a three 3.8 on IMDb. <laughs> Now, I, it, it deserves that 3.8. Oh, it, I'd say it deserves a bit less than that. <laughs> but but I love this movie quite a bit. This movie, people will be like, is it good? I'm like, no, no. Why would no. you think that I love a movie that's actually fucking good? I say that all Hell the time. No. Just, I'll tell you what. Yeah. This movie would make a great companion piece to a triple feature of Super Mario Brothers and Street Fighter 2. Like Street Fighter 2 as in... Or, excuse the, me, Street Fighter. Okay, the, I was going to say The, the Legend of Chung Lee. No, it's, it's just beautiful. because 
those those three movies were made in the span of like two or three years and they all have that distinctly 90s filmmakers who don't know what to do with a video game property but decided to try and make one anyway <laughs> feel you know mario brothers came out in 93 this double dragon came out in 94 street fighter i believe it was right right after this because yeah 94 it also came out the same year i think it came out yeah. right before or right after but then mortal kombat was like the other one and it came out in 95 and it's like oh hey we we're gonna do it kind of right for the yeah mortal part. kombat was a little too it was a little too right to be in that group like i'd want to pair this with mario brothers and street fighter because they were all done like the exact same kind of wrong and mortal kombat was like it wasn't right but it was on the way to right it was like halfway there it's a fun movie to watch though yeah not that this isn't a fun movie oh no this is this movie's great it's fucking the worst and i love mario brothers which mario brothers is a much better movie i will say but in that movie you have bob hoskins and john leguizamo and uh (laughs) i can't get over the fact Bob Hoskins is in that movie. But it was also John Leguizamo before he became cool, I think. Yeah, up to that point, I think he was still just a comedian and he was he was pretty much stuck in comedic roles. Yeah, it was like before before Tu Wong Fu and before he before he fucking blew my mind with clown in spawn. Yeah, that was kinda of, that was kinda of like a one two that led him on to more serious things, which is strange because you wouldn't think his performance as clown would lead to a serious thing, but like he, he was like the best part of that whole movie. Yeah. He was the best part the second best part was spawn's makeup because <laughs> damn that stuff looked good and i'm a i'm a michael jai white fan so that also helps yes spawn's makeup looked good everything else about that movie looked like garbage <laughs> and guess what i love that movie too oh no i absolutely <laughs> i i 100 get it but yes it's a terrible movie but that's part of what makes it delightful yeah. it's just the same like this reason, yeah like when we watched airborne and, and you're like you grew up with this and i'm like yeah i fucking love that movie see like i i can't wrap my head around having liked stuff like this as a kid and i think it's because i just took myself way too seriously at the time when this stuff was coming out because when this was coming out you know i was 14 when super mario brothers came out i was 15 when this came out i was probably 16 when mortal Kombat came out you know so i was just in prime take yourself too seriously mode (laughs) at the time so yeah shit like this that you had to be able to laugh at yourself in order to enjoy it was beyond me well that's kind of funny because i feel like i'm i'm almost the exact opposite like i took myself pretty seriously but i took myself seriously like with music and stuff i was like i'm punk rock and these people are not and i'm really hardcore but i'll still watch cartoons and stuff which is hilarious coming from a guy who loves in sync i you i do love in sync i know you love in sync and i can't wrap my head around you loving in sync and taking yourself too seriously in music I didn't like NSYNC at that point. Mm. I was I was anti-pop music. Uh, oh, so point. you did go through that dip. You went yeah. through that adolescent dip where it was like, no, I'm throwing all that kid stuff. At, but then you come back to it when you're an adult and you realize, oh, actually, it's okay to like all that shit yeah. that you liked when you were a yep. kid because it's, like, it's fun. Some of it's good. Some of it's not. And most of it isn't. Even if it isn't, it's fun. And it makes you feel good inside. Yeah. It you're takes allowed you back to, to like stuff time. because why take yourself so goddamn seriously? It's so dumb. I go to work and I come home. I like I when I when I'm not working like i pay my bills and stuff but like why why like i was just i was talking to rachel about this this is a fucking sidetrack and we need to get this show on the road but i just realized (laughs) that we are we're not even past the opening credits yet (laughs) 
<laughs> but I, I just realized I'm like, holy shit, you know what? I didn't grow out of the stuff I was into when I was a kid. I never did. Yeah, some of my favorite movies now, I'm like, I, I'll watch Surf Ninjas all the time. Ninja Turtles, that's one of my favorite things. Power Rangers, still one of my favorite things. I used to watch Big Trouble in Little China and Rocky and all those fucking movies, and I still watch them all to this day. You know, the funny thing about me is um, I actually don't, I, I mean, I, I, I do still have those, you know, those key movies that I loved as a kid, you know, like um, Never Ending Story and The Goonies, Kremlins, Ghostbusters, a lot of G movies, apparently. But then I've also, I, I also found that the stuff I like more from when I was a kid, if it wasn't one of those like really hard keystone movies, you know, one of those ones that shaped who I was, then most of the stuff I like from when I was a kid was stuff I didn't like as a kid. I find myself coming back to it and going, oh no, actually there's, there's a lot of fun to be had here, specifically with something like this. You were kind of the demographic they were maybe going for. The issue, even the filmmakers, the director was kind of like, yeah, then this happened. I made the movie and it's whatever. He had a little bit to I say. haven't listened to the commentary track. There's no commentary track. It was like uh, on the MVD Blu-ray, it, it was a making of featurette that they put together oh, you got for the, the Blu-ray. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is the one I spent $40 on before I realized there was going to be a Black Friday sale at some point. But the writers are the ones who were like, oh shit, this happened and this happened and this happened and this <laughs> happened and they, they tried to appeal to way too many people and we had this in the script and then but other people took this and did this thing I'm just like oh god no wonder but the director just kind of went on and did more of the same he directed a bunch of music videos but the two writers we can break into this real quick before we actually go on yes tell me about the writers because I am curious now granted are we talking about the story writers or the script writers okay so oh (laughs) okay so the story story writers you're gonna love this one of the story writers Paul Dini do you, do you know who that is? No, but I do recognize it uh, just from when I was watching the credits. He is the writer of a lot of Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond and Lost and Batman what? the New Adventures. Yes. This is a, this is one of the story writers. Yeah. Okay. And then there's Neil Schusterman who wrote some Goosebumps episodes and R.L. Stein's Haunting Hour, so he didn't do much. He was just living off that double dragon money. Well, yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, so one of the writers, uh, Michael Davis. Now, this is a script writer, right? Yes. He is the writer. Damn, he directed, oh, he directed that movie Beanstalk from, uh, what's that thing I'm called? I'm not aware of it. Who are those people? The Puppet Master guys. <laughs> full Moon. Full Moon. Full, for Full oh. Moon. Their, their kid. Their kid one. <laughs> I didn't even know Full Moon had a kids division. Yeah, uh, you remember those movies, those pre-Hysteria movies with the dinosaurs, the little mini dinosaurs? Oh, yeah. oh, that's right. They did those, didn't they? Yeah, and he yeah, did... that's on the Full Moon channel. I like, I didn't even connect those dots. So he directed uh, 100 Girls, Girl Fever. So I think those were just things that people made him do so he could do. Those sound like those sound like Full Moon sex comedies. <laughs> They're not. They're 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 legit movies. Uh, but then he went on in 2007. He directed that movie, Shoot 'Em Up. Oh, really? That that was a damn good movie. Yeah. So his stuff is a little less prominent. He was in the animation department or the art department on on Encino Man. He was a storyboard artist. Fuck yeah. And uh, Ninja Turtles 2 and Tremors. Fuck yeah. Wait, the movie or the TV series? The movie. Oh, okay. Well, and then okay, the other guy. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but aside from Paul Dini, here's the here's the here's the big thing. Peter Gould, one of the writers, went on 
to become a producer for one of the biggest shows of all time, of course, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. No shit. Yeah. So he's doing all right. I think. Wow. He uh, never has to, him. Huh? Yeah. He never has to work again. He'll be fine. Yeah. Better Call Saul. That's that is one of my favorite TV shows. Breaking Bad's no slouch either, but I just I didn't connect with it as much as I connected with Better Call Saul. I watched the first season of Breaking Bad and then I just kind of gave up because TV shows are hard. It's a really great show, but Better Call Saul is where it's at. I honestly like I would almost tell you to just finish Breaking Bad so you can watch Better Call Saul. <laughs> one day, maybe. James Yukich, though, the director, obviously directed Double Dragon, but he directed, oh, you'll love this, The Return of Bruno, like the, the music video with the, Bruce the, Willis thing. The Bruce Willis? Oh, yeah. fuck me. <laughs> and I think he directed another movie somewhere in there, but it's not important because whatever. The guy right. really knows how to pick his projects, doesn't he? Yeah, I know. It's, mo- it's all music videos. He's all music videos. And seeing as how that's mostly a dead medium now, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Well, no, I don't think it's a dead medium. Well, it's not dead. It's it's a little, it's different, I guess. Yeah, it's not what it used to be. It's probably dead in the sense of, you know, it's not the, it's not the growth industry it was because nowadays everybody can just do it themselves. But, you know, like music videos are still pretty popular. The very first scene, I do have to point out, it's basically just a rape and pillage scene where they're looking for this medallion, which Robert Patrick was talking about at the beginning, and it has it was broken in half and whatever, and that you put it together and it gives the wearer special powers and some shit. The subtitle, right after he gets done with the narration, it says, somewhere in China, like they couldn't just pick a spot. <laughs> And it's super weird. Cut to New Angeles, 2007, after the big quake. So, do you guys remember this happening? Well, well, it, now it, it it should be mentioned that they actually do find half of the. They medallion. do have, they do find half of the medallion, even though the monks at this place that they were burning down all had their tongues cut out. One of them and thought then, it was appropriate to run away into the cave where the fucking medallion was. Again, does anybody remember 2007 when the big earthquake came in 2000? I guess. Yeah, so, dude, the earthquake was in 2000. Yeah, the earthquake How was in 2000. How could you forget sorry. it? And they literally changed the landscape of Los Angeles. There's a river going down (laughs) Hollywood Boulevard now. They have these little like mini earthquakes and they call them aftershocks, but it's seven years later. Are they aftershocks? I mean, if, yeah, I mean, if it's, if it was an earthquake that big, I mean, I, I suppose so. they could be. I just love the way that the, during that first arena battle with Ken and Ryu, who I know that's not what they're called, but I can't remember their actual character names. So I'm just calling them Ken and Ryu. There's that dude with the, with the crank for the, <laughs> for the jack. Yeah. And every time the earthquake hits, he just starts cranking that jack like that somehow is going to do something. It, like that's not how jacks and structural support work. It was in 2007. <laughs> apparently shuko got the half of the medallion oh each half of the medallion by the way has like a separate power there's one that grants the wearer super strength not really super strength but he's like invincible kind of i think it said mastery of the body it or was something power of body and strength of steel oh. well, i guess strength of steel there you go there you go and then the other one is just like control over the soul or some shit like it doesn't sound as cool maybe it was mastery of the soul and the other one was power oh, of body or something and that's the one that kogo shuko by the way is robert Patrick's name, but he's, you'll learn early on that it, or in a little bit, that his name is Geisman, which apparently was when somebody kind of took the script and rewrote it, that was a, a dig at the, at the two writers because they thought, oh, the, really? they thought the name Geisman was dumb. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but was now, that from the video game? Was Geisman? No, no. None of this is from the fucking video game. The the video game similarities end at the name and the names of the main characters. That's it. And I mean, I guess a Bobo's there. Have you ever played the games? I have. Double Dragon was actually one of the uh, one of the very first console ports I ever played. And I didn't t- technically I didn't play the console port. I played a computer port of the console port, so it was like a double port. But I I did play it, and it was very hard. And I never got past a Bobo. He's like the first boss. That's the first boss. What the fuck's wrong him. with you, man? All right, you need to come over here, and we need to play some fucking Double Dragon. Uh, let, let's keep in <laughs> mind, I had never played Nintendo at this point. Okay, fair enough. This is 1986 or something like that. I'm <laughs> okay, six or seven right. years old. Because I can my, make it past a Bobo. My skills have improved. <laughs> I could probably make it past a Bobo, too, at this point. But then there's then there's a part with two Bobos, and I can't make it past that part. Yeah, I can't see how anybody could. <laughs> now we're at that tournament that you were talking about. It's Billy and Jimmy, by the way. It's not that hard goddamn it right ken and ryu nah but they're they're fighting in this it, it, it's a tournament but it's like a tag team karate tournament literally a tag team <laughs> like they tag each other in to fight it's weird of course the best part is when uh white guy leans in and tags the other guy out against his will <laughs> Yeah, well, because you you learn early on that Billy is obviously the slightly younger, more impulsive one, and Jimmy's the one who wants to take it seriously because they need the fucking money because they're poor, of course. I'm going to just say this. Uh, Billy's a piece of shit, (laughs) and this entire thing, including the deaths of everybody involved, is his fault. All right, well, we'll get get there, and you'll you'll tell me why here. Don't get into it just yet. No, because his (laughs) piece of shittedness shows up in this scene for the very first time well, because does, once the does. fight is over he starts another fucking fight with the winners because he's a sore loser because he fucking threw the match well yeah he gets him he gets basically gets him disqualified because he's busy messing around then that's when jimmy gets all pissed off and he's like whoa i'm not supposed to have fun what a buzzkill i used to say that all the time because of this movie and then then the of course the the guys that they were fighting walk out and they're like better luck next time losers and then billy loses his cool and he goes eat some fist buttheads <laughs> <laughs> The dialogue in this movie is gold. It really is. It's great. How this didn't win the Academy Award for Best Screenplay, I can never fully reconcile, I don't think. <laughs> of course, they legitimately beat beat the crap out of those two guys because they suck. Billy and Jimmy suck. I agree. I like Jimmy. Mark Dacascas <laughs> is so cool. Like, I, li- I like him. He's He seems like a nice guy. No, I'm sure he is in real life. But the, these characters, like right off the right off the bat, Billy is an asshole and Jimmy is enabling him by by defending him. You should have let Billy get his ass kicked. Well, they're brothers, man. You got to you got to got to look out for your brother. I understand. I'm just saying, <laughs> Billy's a piece of shit. Fuck him. And then we try to get into like RoboCop territory right after that scene with like a fake commercial, just one fake commercial for New Jack City, and that the characters are obviously supposed to be the Mario Brothers, kind of. <laughs> But, you know, you don't know Jack City. (laughs) It should be mentioned that New Jack City was a very, very popular movie at that time, starring the inimitable Ice-T and directed by Mario Van Peebles. It was directed by Mario Van Peebles? Yes. Why? Why'd they let him do that? I don't know, but he did it, and I fucking loved it. Oh, okay. I didn't know he directed anything. Now, granted... I saw it when I was like 13 or 14 years old. I can't swear to its quality. It may or may not have held up. Who the fuck is George Hamilton again? Uh, he was an actor. I don't know what he was in, but I recognize him from like <laughs> the 80s and stuff. He was he was like, a, I don't know if he was like a, in soap operas or in some kind of, uh, you know, evening adult drama like Falcon Crest or some shit like that. I don't know. But it would be hilarious if it turns out he was in Falcon Crest. But <laughs> oh, he was fucking Zorro. He was 
Zorro? In the gay blade, yeah. Really? And in one of the Godfather movies, he was BJ Harrison. The Godfather uh, must Part have been 3. One of the ones I haven't seen. Yeah. It was funny <laughs> having Vanna White as one of the newscasters as herself. And Andy Dick is the weather. And Andy man. Dick Boy. is the fucking weatherman, which is probably the best part of the movie right there. There's a nineties reference. Yeah, who's Andy Dick? And this movie is so fucking nineties, it just doesn't know what to do with itself. <laughs> Rachel said the exact same thing. It is so funny. It so is. Andy uh, Dick is kind of a thing now. Like he shows up every once in a while, but I don't think anybody actually knows who he is. Yeah. He, he, I think mo- I think probably most young people see him and are like, oh yeah, that's that weird guy. I saw him on Celebrity Rehab once. Yeah. Yeah, like for my kids, it would be, oh, he was he played the, the tiny imaginary pilot in Community. So now there's a whole thing in New Angeles about gangs. So this where we get we get like two minutes of a movie that kind of resembles Double Dragon later on, <laughs> but not quite yet. So the idea is that there's a curfew in the city and the gangs kind of the, the police go away and the gangs come out at night. So now if you're caught out after curfew, it's like the purge every night. Fucking picture that people. Oh, my. And so this movie gets so <laughs> fucking dark if you think about it. <laughs> really really it does that's one of the things that always bugged me i'm like but but like why <laughs> I don't know. But Billy, Jimmy, and their guardian, Satori, are out past curfew because you guys spent so long fighting those jerks. And she's also crocheting in the back of the car, which is weird. I gotta say, I was not into her, Satori, in uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2, but she was doing it for me in this one. She's in, like, sidekicks and shit, too, so. Yeah, I get the feeling she she played somebody's aunt in a lot of things. <laughs> Yeah, we're right at this thing. We're drive. They're driving down the road, and they're. You see all these gangs. They're like, oh shit. There's the clowns. Oh look, the Mohawks or whatever. So they pull over because Billy's like, hey, 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 check this out. There's a girl, like a damsel in distress or whatever, and she is my type. And she fucking, she's leaning into the into the hood under the hood of this car. Then she stands up, takes off the wig, and it's a creepy Mohawk guy. And who did not see that coming other than 10-year-olds? <laughs> Me, I guess. I don't know. I was seven when this movie came out. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's completely appropriate. That is the appropriate age to have been fooled by that gag. Anybody over 15 sees a woman on the side of the road, a hot lady leaning seductively over a car on the side of the road. <laughs> After curfew, by the way. After curfew, when the gangs are roaming the streets and can do whatever they please, that is a trap and everyone knows it. Come the fuck on. I'm not mad at Billy for getting horny. He's 17 years old. I'm mad at Jimmy for pulling over. Yeah, Jimmy's 18 and Satori was there and she, you know, she should know better. She probably was... Did she? I can't remember if she said anything or not, but she's probably like, don't. No, don't. Please don't. I don't recall, but yeah, I'll, I just remember thinking, why the fuck are you stopping? Billy is obviously the wellspring of bad ideas. <laughs> okay, so so the next thing that happens is they a big semi-truck like pulls up behind him and blocks him in, and also like a gang, the gang of Mohawks shows up. So a Bobo gets out of this fucking car, and he's played by this guy who's just like a henchman and things all the time. He's in the mask and shit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recall seeing his face it looks like his name is nils allen stewart yes yeah he was in planet of the apes and x-men days of future pat uh he i guess he just worked on those movies you've definitely seen his face before but you won't be able to place it no you've de- you've 100 seen him in several things if you watched anything in the 90s or any random action movie in the 2000s what the fuck i love how the uh production design was just like hey you guys have seen the warriors right well let's do that except with less fun and imagination well and and think about that the mario brothers movie had come out and they're like oh well let's just do that again even though that that works you guys do know that 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 movie didn't work nobody liked it (laughs) and yet 
they soldier on. My favorite, my favorite, what, which gang was your favorite in terms of production design? None of them. They were all terrible, but I don't know the Mohawks, I guess, because they look like a bunch of weird punkers from, they look like the guys from Weird Science, which this movie has a Weird Science connection, actually, so. Really? Yeah. Well, before you get to that, mine was uh, definitely the Silly Hands crew. Oh, the, the I clowns. Don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck their name was. Maybe they were the clowns. I don't know. With the little but, balls on their fingers? Yeah, those fucking ridiculous <laughs> hands. And I saw, I saw one of them grabbing at Mark Dacascus's leg, and I'm just like, who the fuck are you grabbing with those ridiculous hands? Like, come on. Of course he's going to slip free. And also, they're looking up a Bobo on this weird car computer. Oh, yeah. That's that apparently connected bizarre. to the internet somewhere. And he can, he he's Bo-a-Bobo. Oh, and he calls him, he says, Moby Dick over there is Bo-a-Bobo. And he can bench Which, press 800 pounds. Yeah, there's some very, very strange computer <laughs> use in this movie. Oh, God. We're going to get to the weird science connection, like, right now, so. Okay, let's hear it. A-Bobo and his little sidekick, who I think's named Hawk, even though they're part of the Mohawks gang. He's like, hey, we take all major credit cards, American Express, whatever, and they want the medallion, which Satori has, and they're not going not gonna to give it to right. him. But anyways, his name is John Asher. Okay. Okay, he was the director of such classics as Dirty Love. Not familiar, but it sounds hot. It's a Jenny McCarthy movie, and it's fucking awful. Okay, I take it back. It no longer sounds hot. <laughs> and he's directed a bunch of TV, and he's been in some random stuff, but he was Gary in the fucking uh, Weird Science TV show. Who's Gary? Gary is oh, the one of the main kid. characters? Yeah, he's the blonde kid, yeah. Oh, know. shit. The, uh, the... Uh, yeah, him. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. The one who was a stand-in <laughs> for... Um, the breakfast club kid yeah yeah i was gonna say i know exactly what you're what you're trying to get to yes but yeah that's his fucking name i know it fuck me in my name brain i almost said sean william scott but i'm like that's completely different american pie is like the breakfast club with comedy in it no (laughs) fuck you i don't accept that at all he was also in that movie showdown which is awesome which i bought at the same time as this also for 40 dollars, and it stars billy blanks and the guy who was in the Raphael's ninja turtle suit in the first movie i have not seen that but you said billy blanks and i'm there there's gonna be a car chase because there's got to be a car chase it's a fucking action movie the double dragon kids they have a mr fusion in their fucking car and they throw garbage into it i do you know if ever if, you know do you know what a mr fusion is it's the thing that doc had on the back of his delorean at the end of back to the future i am a child of the 80s andrew please okay. don't insult me that wasn't necessarily for you <laughs> <laughs> okay touche touche that's true the audience our audience who is made up primarily of tweens may not know what a yes. mr fusion is because they'll be like oh double dragon that's a what the the mohawk guys have a little weird computer in their fucking car too naturally ugly homely you don't give that guy lines you don't do that <laughs> but like it's like like early Dolph Lundgren I think Dolph Lundgren was never that bad <laughs> Well, hey, at least they corrected it later on in the movie, and they they just turned him into a muscle bound. <laughs> they recast him with somebody else too. Yeah, yeah. They just I, I I didn't even realize they had put a completely different guy in the role until I was looking at the IMDb page. <laughs> well, it's funny because I never knew until pretty recently that that happened. I mean, because the guy in the makeup, it looks like just the same guy in a bunch of makeup. Yeah, it looks like a blown up weird version of him. Oh, and then yeah. they throw they throw the map on the windshield of their of the bad guy's car. Right? What do the Mohawks have? They have this magic fucking camera that pops up out of the top of the thing and they're like a little joystick comes up and they can drive with it the really weird thing is that the cameras apparently transmute everything they see into bizarre mid-90s cgi (laughs) rather than just deliver a straight video feed and there's multiple cameras by the way did you oh yeah did you get that there's the bumper cam there's the one on top there's 
<laughs> yeah, there's cameras all over this damn thing. Yet it always changes the what it's seeing into shitty 90s CGI. So uh, yeah, it kind of was an artistic. You know choice. what it looks like? It looks like uh, fuck. What's that stupid show that we did with the with the oh vampires? Yes. <laughs> vampires and then the the little the little hawk sidekick guy is getting annoyed with a bobo because the bobo can't drive the thing he's like dude you must suck at video games give me that and then we realize oh it's just a shitty video game reference because you know double dragons a video game so but a good video games (laughs) oh earlier on in the thing jimmy is driving and he says let's see if they can handle this and you know what he does he turns right that's all he does And then, of course, there's the aerosol can in the Mr. Fusion, and it blows up, and then they uh, they make... Well, it's not just aerosol, it's Cheese Whiz. Is it fucking Cheese Whiz? Yes, hence his later comment when he pulls the thing out of the engine that's dripping a bunch of orange goop. He says, grilled cheese motor. Oh, God, I never put that together until you just said that what the fuck they get stuck in an alley this this scene is pretty fucking dense why does so much shit happen here there's a lot to unpack they get trapped in an alley and this is where we meet the power core and guess who's here Alyssa milano who i have had a lifelong crush on i couldn't stop thinking of this group as the mall rebels they're the power core they they fight the bad gangs but they're it's yeah. made up of just a bunch of kids they're the scrappy kid rebels they're too bad for their parents to accept them but really all they want to do is go to the mall and skateboard yep oh here's another line that i wrote down and after this uh i don't have any more lines uh because i stopped taking notes but he when they when they almost crash they get out of the car and billy goes my whole life just flashed before my eyes dude i sleep a lot Uh, yeah, one might say a third of your life. That's what passes for comedy in the wild world of Double Dragon. But it's it's funny because it's not funny at all. It's funny because it's so tragically unfunny that it, it goes all the way around and becomes funny again. That's kind of this whole movie, though, isn't it? Yeah, sort of. Oh, by the way, uh, Alyssa Milano plays Marion. So... Who is there, uh, who who was Billy's girlfriend in the video game. As yes. I believe we we did establish that, right? Yes, I, we did. Never I'm once a brain fart at the moment. Never once gets kidnapped or punched in the stomach i don't know if that was a nod to empowerment or just because the screenwriters didn't know what the fuck they were doing that i'm guessing so then we cut to these motherfuckers live in a movie theater which is (laughs) i guess it's not really a movie theater it's just a theater and that's yeah i I think it's a proper theater i always thought that would have been one of the coolest fucking places to live seriously it would it looks awesome i would have loved that shit uh now satori is telling them all about the legend of the double dragons and how she i guess she broke them in half and spread them across the earth or whatever oh hey here's another line here's another line which is actually kind of clever i think and it's pretty funny satori goes well i hid the other one where no one would ever find it and billy goes jimmy's underwear <laughs> that actually was a pretty good burn <laughs> she she gives billy this fucking thing this is the one that has the power of body and strength of steel and she puts it on him and says oh we need to protect it and i'm like why would you give it to him yeah seriously what the fuck have you not been here for this entire movie woman like come on this dude seriously obviously cannot be trusted and then we cut to so i'm watching the movie in the background here just to keep track of where i'm at and it just got to the scene where they're in they're in kogoshugo's <laughs> office with a bobo and he's telling them like oh fuck I, I failed i didn't get the thing and lash turns on the lights and kogashuko goes he covers his eyes and goes ah you know better than that not until i have my shades on because he's the coolest motherfucker in the world yeah that was weird oh and the two henchmen show up did you catch their names i did not catch their names no uh in like two seconds kogashuko's gonna oh. go huey lewis any news <laughs> <laughs> their names are huey and lewis <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, there are a few there are a few decent ones in this movie i, I gotta say <laughs> like that's bad but oh my god it... oh no that's like a straight up dad joke is what that is <laughs> but you know like hey if you're making a piece of shit why not lean into it and then they take a bobo and put him into that machine to make him that fucking stay puff marshmallow man which they make a reference to later there's another moment like that later in the movie does lash have marion tied up or something i can't remember oh no that's right there are a couple of guys holding her yep and lash pulls out her whip and goes now who's the boss and then we're getting a little (laughs) ahead of ourselves here did you catch the other one maybe i didn't exactly the same scene she she ties lash up and she goes generally i put people in the hospital oh was lash from general hospital sure was (laughs) (laughs) i missed that one entirely (laughs) And I, well, I always thought like, huh, that's a really weird way to say that. Yeah, it seemed like a bizarre <laughs> line. I guess that's why I didn't get it. I was just like, okay, I mean, that's a that's a dialogue choice. They did that on purpose. Oh, and it's also very apparent that uh, Kogashuko owns the entire city because what is the kid eating? It's, it's like Shugo Krispies or something. <laughs> didn't see that yeah shuko crispies i can see it on the thing yep and marion's dad is a cop he's chief delario not really that important it'll become important kind of later all right so we cut to the next scene here and it's a scene where they're they're training in in their theater now do you want to hear something stupid because i'm stupid they're they're doing the thing where they they lock hands and they try it's supposed to swing each other but then billy like just throws jimmy on the ground and he's like dude it's it's called you know double dragon you're supposed to hold on to me and it's like fit oh no it's physics you're supposed to hold on to me and then billy looks at jimmy and goes well there's a reason it's called martial arts and not martial science okay (laughs) yes fair point fair point billy my whole life until last night i thought he said not martial sidekick and it doesn't make any sense (laughs) rachel yeah i got i got a few lines like that not in this movie but i i definitely got those she pointed that shit out to me and i'm like she she blew my fucking mind that's what i told her because it's true (laughs) this is also our first uh big fight sequence or big action sequence i guess and this is where the geisman line happens and he's like nobody wants to party with victor geisman because her and uh, Satori and Shuko have history for some fucking reason. I think it has to do with the brother's dad or something. Yeah, they used to be. Well, it comes out later that they used to be colleagues, and so consequently, Shuko killed Mister Lee That's in order right. to get yeah. a hold get a hold of the Double Dragon. And but uh, uh, Satori took him and hid them, and then moved to the city where that dude has his headquarters because that makes perfect fucking sense. Oh no! Uh, but she didn't know he was Koga Shuko. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. She knew him she as knew him Victor Geisman. Geisman, yeah. Nobody wants to party with Victor Geisman. That should be, I'm going to start a punk band and that's going to be the name of our first album. Nobody wants to party with Victor Geisman. <laughs> you could go really deep cuts and call it Victor Geisman's party. Oh, wow. Either way, nobody will know what the fuck I'm talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get a big like chase sequence a la home alone kind of oh yeah no it was definitely uh definitely trying to tap into that well well and that's one of the issues that the filmmakers like the writers specifically had with this movie they're like it is trying to appeal to too many people yes one scene big it time. gets super super dark and then the next scene they're fucking dropping gumballs on the ground to make guys trip gumballs the bad guy's worst enemy i will say that's the only thing i actually found believable in this <laughs> whole thing have you ever have you ever slipped on a marble or a gumball or yes some shit? yes i have that shit will lay you out <laughs> and again it looks 
stupid. You see someone on screen, you're like, haha, fuck you. No. But it happens. That is oh, yeah. a murder machine. These bad guys are fucking worthless, too. Jimmy's kicking ass, but all Billy's doing is kind of like swinging on ropes and dodging out of the way, but he's the one who's responsible for the for the gumballs. Because he's the child of the pair. But there is something I really enjoy in this scene besides the gumball thing. What a head case. Ha ha ha. Satori, like, dragon kicks Shuko through this brick, like, paper thing, and then he goes to the other side and jumps back through the other half of it. Yeah. <laughs> like why what's the point of that you could have just walked around it but i bet that was a robert patrick improv they're like walk around it and come back and he just jumps through it and they're like well <laughs> all right moving on the funny thing is robert patrick's not a bad actor but he was in so many of these like b-grade movies in the 90s but if you watch him he's not a bad actor like he's really he's kind of like malcolm mcdowell in that way where he, malcolm mcdowell is in so many bad movies but he's a great actor and and he like he he's said in interviews He's like, you know, I I think it's really interesting to try and sort of take this undeliverable dialogue and really try to deliver it with some, you know, you know, with some style. Well, you're getting paid. You might as well, right? You know, everybody's got to everybody's got to make a living. All right. And after that, a Bobo shows back up in his crazy, gross, mutated bubble form. Yeah, it occurs to me that that first guy really only got about uh, probably like three days of work before before they were like, all right, you're out. Bring in the bring in the clone. Yeah, it's weird and nothing really happens they kind of he chases him for a minute and then he falls down and gets caught in like a net yeah they took him out really fast and then satori takes him out with a heavy bag that's right and knocks him over satori by the way is now possessed by kogashuko because he has that soul medallion and And then they kick her ass yeah they lock they lock her in a thing and then i don't know what the fucking cage is for but okay there it is a theater (laughs) but they lock her away and they set fire to the place well, Kogashuko sets well, fire to the place. He does, but not before. Well, I guess the the fire starts, and Lash looks off into the distance and goes, "Is it getting hot in here, or is it just me?" <laughs> Oscar-worthy. Oh, don't bother tooting your own horn there, Lash. What's hilarious to me, or tragic, or so tragic it's hilarious, or so hilarious it's tragic, I can't decide, is that her big self-sacrificing move is to slam the door shut between the boys and Kogashuko. And so she grabs the door and she slams it shut. It's a fucking door with a crash bar on it. It's not like she locked something. All she did was close the goddamn door. All he would have had to do in that scenario is push her out of the way and push the door back open <laughs> like what the fuck they couldn't have found a better door than that no the hell are you talking about man yeah that it's it's just a i don't know why i'm overthinking this because you do obviously that. it's okay i was uh, doing it earlier but that, oh man obviously vir- the filmmakers weren't overthinking well it. Yeah. you want to see some cool virtual reality man people thought virtual reality was going to be a much bigger thing than it actually ended up being <laughs> especially in the early 90s holy shit it was everywhere and i mean it's cool sure but is that cool is it as cool as this kid's making it out to be going whoa oh, oh. no although i will say do you remember that game um virtual eraser i remember it i never played it though i don't think that one delivered on the goods you know it had like three screens or something like that so it really gave you this wide panoramic view but the thing that was so cool about it was as you were driving there were pressure pads on the seat that would push against you to simulate the g-force of a turn 
Oh, cool. That's fun. And it, like it would push really gently if you just made a slight turn, but then it would push hard if you, ma- if you made a, a really hard turn. It was a cool effect. I, I have to say, it was the only time virtual reality up to that point. Now, granted, this is still in the 90s, you know. This is late 90s, I think, but still in the 90s, solidly. It was the only time virtual reality ever seemed cool to me. I just realized that there's a second weird science connection in this. What? More weird science connections? Yeah, so... You know Michael Berryman, right? Of course. Who doesn't know Michael Berryman? You, you saw him show up in the movie, right? Did I? I don't fucking know. Uh, there's, there's a, there's a oh, scene. Oh, yeah. oh, right. Michael Berryman. I don't know his name. That's the trouble. All right. I, I found his IMDb page. Yes. I know Michael Berryman by sight. He's one of the mutant bikers in uh, in Weird Science. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about that whole thing. Yeah, he's the guy who's like, can we not tell anybody about this? I don't want to lose my teaching job. Yeah, we love some Michael Berryman, but he's part of a gang called the Maniacs. Yep. And the Maniacs don't take orders from anybody until they do after Kogashuko turns into a shadow and shadow chokes him kind of like Darth Vader. And I, I would like to call out uh, in that scene, it's sort of a blink and you miss it thing, but one of the gang leaders, at least I get the impression he's a gang leader because he's so much larger than everybody else and that's sort of how these things work in these movies. Yep. One of the gang leaders is Warchild from Point Break. I've never seen Point Break, so I don't get the reference, but I'll look it up right now. Oh my god, you've <laughs> never seen Point Break? No. Dude, you're an action movie fan. It's like one of the best. That guy seems like one of those people that's just kind of in stuff. Yeah, like I say, you know, this is like a bunch of like third tier characters from movies we've all seen. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk shit about my sister for a minute because back in '94 when I rented this movie, I remember going to the video store and I'm like, Mom, look, Double Dragon, and she's like, All right, let's get it. And then we get home, and you know, my sister was too cool at the time. She was about 14, 15. That is prime too cool age. Yeah. So my mom likes to do this. She's really presumptuous about things, and she like she goes, Oh, you'd like this and this and this, and she looks at Scott Wolf on the cover and she goes, oh, he's really pretty. You would totally like him. My mother is wrong because my sister did not like guys like that. Do you know that guy who shows up at, in, in this scene where he's like, he's like, if we don't jack in, we'll all be vapor. That guy, the biker dude. I don't no. know. If you know him, but anybody who does, my sister, I was watching it when she was leaving the house or something and she goes, woo, he's hot. I don't think she actually went woo. I just kind of added that. But yeah, those are the kinds of dudes she liked back then. So my mom had no fucking idea. So that was fun. That's like my daughter when she was, uh, I think she was about 15, 16 when I first discovered Letterkenny. And uh, yeah, I, I, I know her a little bit better apparently than your mom does because <laughs> as soon as I watched it, I knew and I was right because as soon as she watched it, she confirmed. Which one? She loves Stuart. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Stuart. Oh no. Is that the kind of dude she's into? She wants a she wants a methed out skid? Yeah. She's uh she's pretty hardcore into the white trash guys. Like she was telling me about this dude she went on a date with, and the more she's describing him, the more I'm like, just please check to see if he has any restraining orders out. <laughs> I mean, she's young and dumb, so she'll she might grow out of it, hopefully. 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 I don't know. Um I've just been trying to advise her and just be like, look, uh, <laughs> You know, just please be careful. Internet research isn't a bad thing. No, no shit. It's not stalking. It's safety. We cut to after the maniac, after the Kogoshuko unites all the gangs, by the way. That's a big, that's a big thing. And they're going to break curfew because Cyrus style. Yes. Again, going back to the Warriors ripoff. He doesn't say, can you dig it? But he does raise his arms in the air like that. I feel like that's a lost opportunity. (laughs) I did not. He should, he should have at least ended the speech with like, can you dig it? Yeah. Like quiet even like because that you know that's his thing but oh dude yeah. that's a good idea and no. i didn't i didn't pick up on the warriors thing either until you fucking brought it up i've only seen the warriors once i don't 
know. It's worth a second watch. I want to read the book. It sounds fucked up. I didn't even know there was a book. Yeah, um, there's a YouTube video. I don't know if you've ever watched uh, What's the Difference? The uh, I can't remember. Cine, Cinefix? Yeah I've, yeah, I've seen one or two. It's not usually something I go in for just because I don't really care about the difference between the movie and the book most of the time. Oh, I do. I love that shit. But no, check that one out. It's actually it's pretty weird. I mean, I, I would be into it if it was a movie and book that I had read, but I had only, you know, like like I wasn't familiar enough with, with either of them to really know, you know, but it was something that I did find interest. You know, like, for example, if it was a movie that I really liked, like if, uh, uh, like, for example, if like Midsummer, which I've only seen once, if that was based on a novel and I read and I had read the book once, you know, then I'd be interested in, you know, finding out what the differences were because it's something I had already seen and formed an opinion about. But I, I don't want to do stuff like that if I haven't experienced both forms of media already independently because I don't want I don't want their opinions about it to affect my experience of it. Are you ever going to read the book? That's always my question. It's like, are you? Ever I didn't even do realize it, the... it was a book up to this point. <laughs> well, like if I if fair. I could find a copy, yeah, I probably would read it just because I I love the movie. I'm sure it's an audiobook. Yeah, it's way different. I have no doubt that it's different. It inspired a very interesting movie. So, you know, it'd be worth at least, you know, giving it an hour. Back at the exploded theater. Oh, the theater fucking explodes. It doesn't just burn down, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the power core. The 90s. Yeah, yeah, everything had to explode. But the power core finds a Bobo just kind of laying there, and they're like, oh, come on, man, we'll we'll help you out. And he, I don't know. And oh, my God, the- I just realized they're not the power core, and they're not the mall rebels. They're the mall rats. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> Mallrats was a year away at this point, so cut back to the brothers and the grilled cheese engine thing. And Jimmy, of course, is like, "Who's your fault, fucker?" Which it kind of is, but oh, it one hundred percent is. The entire thing is his fault. If he had not started that fight n- after that after that match, none of this would have happened. And then they have their little melodramatic party of five. Mom and dad are gone, and they're not coming back. And Satori's dead, and she's not coming back. But we're brothers, and we love each other. Fortunately, they keep that to a minimum. I think they understood that that had to be there yeah, but that it also had to be short <laughs> like let's not focus on it warning highly flammable toxic river so the water is toxic oh yeah i mean they kind of they kind of go over that when the guy scoops up a bucket of water and throws it on the on a fire and the yeah, fire that- like explodes yep that just happened <laughs> that was that scene oh here here's the part where it actually kind of seems like it could almost be a double dragon movie where they're walking because their car's fried obviously they're trying to find i think they're they've decided to go to the power core or they haven't quite gotten there yet but they're gonna go see the power core and all the gangs pop up in the middle of daylight by the way yep and then we get a we get a fun little fight scene and then he's like and do, you, do you guys own a watch and he's like yeah i own a watch i can't tell how to take the fact that they refuse to jump into the river is the river really that dangerous because if the river is really that dangerous how do they survive you know like like the boat crash they they do survive the boat crash by falling into the water and then they swim away but if the rivers if the river is safe enough for them to do that then why the fuck wouldn't they dive into the river and swim away right off the bat when uh who is it jimmy suggests it yeah jimmy jimmy says let's jump in the river and billy says no and that sludge will melt um i think he might be being a little bit dramatic yeah i mean they're people outside who are literally trying to kill you (laughs) if ever there was a time to risk the gross ass river i think this is it (laughs) okay so we get we get this good fight scene um the mailman jumps off and says air mail and then he falls on his face got a fucking killer mullet that guy billy and jimmy find their way into this shed and this is another one of those funny lines for me the hawk guy the little the the annoying little sidekick pokes a hole in the door (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's like, I can see you. And then Jimmy grabs a grabs like an iron rod and he's like, no, you can't. And then he stabs him in the eye with it. That is so typical. You're right about the about the whole home alone thing, because they're doing shit that would totally kill these people. And they're just like, oh, it's slapstick. <laughs> Whackity oh, yes. Well, they do find a boat in this thing. And that leads us to that boat crash where. This scene fucking goes on forever, by the way. Yes, it, it it does run a tad long. Like, because they they escape in the boat, or you think they do, but then nope, because a bunch of weird, what do you call them? Uh, what Mad Max things? on water wannabes. Let's just call them what they are. Yeah, it, it's it's like the worst version of the Waterworld stunt show. Yeah, yeah. They're on jet skis, those things. Jet ski ninjas, that's what I was going to call them. Uh, Which, by the way, again, if the river's that fucking dangerous, why would jet skis even exist in this world? They are covered from head to toe, so maybe they... Yeah, but they're... They're initially driving with their visors up, okay? Well, I think and, that and, might have been just and, an accident. Oh, and then there's a Hollywood tour boat. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, but no, that that pales in comparison to the best part of this entire scene, which is the 35-foot-long Hollywood sign. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I did just see that one of the dudes put his fucking visor down, so you're right. Which, I mean, you know, so like the implication is that the sea levels have risen or the ground level is lowered enough that the Hollywood sign is now right at sea level. But uh, but still, like I said, it's about 35 feet long, and I'm fairly certain the actual Hollywood sign is longer than that. If they were trying to go for forced perspective, maybe don't have the guys in the boat, you know, come within 12 feet of the sign. The river explodes because these guys were firing fucking rockets into it and it's uh it's a flammable river because it says that it said that earlier we foreshadowed it with that sign yep so their boat explodes and they land in the water and they're fine obviously but then he's like oh i hear if you get any of this water in your mouth you get diarrhea for a week and all your hair falls out and then they start spitting out comically channel 69 i just noticed that too (laughs) (laughs) nice this movie knows its audience oh just a little or it doesn't actually it thinks it it thinks its audience is way broader (laughs) than it actually is yeah good point this movie doesn't know its audience oh this is the huey lewis huey lewis any news scene and he's like i just want control over one major american city is that too much to ask this is the scene where kogashuko is ranting in his office yep we don't need to dwell too hard on that no that's that's after the scene with a bobo i don't remember what happens in that scene so now billy and jimmy go and they find the power core i'll call them the power core you call them the mall rats <laughs> before they actually get there though it we do cut back to we cut to marion in the power core's little thing and the power goes out oh no and you have to hit the generator uh, because that'll come into play later but it won't really make sense so a bobo is tied up and she's trying to figure out like what why why kogoshuko wants the lee brothers or whatever and Uh. she's feeding him a special spinach diet with a funnel in his mouth (laughs) just pouring spinach into this thing she's not trying to figure out what 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 they want with the lee brothers she's trying to figure out what kind of defenses and security shuko has so she can get in there i was more taken with the fact that her stuffing spinach down a funnel into his mouth as torture was actually the way that scene was written i'm just like (laughs) who the fuck thought of that somebody weird like yeah like this is is this movie aimed at three-year-olds i can't tell it's aimed at everyone 
Yeah, yeah, this is uh, one of those real jack-of-all-trades. This is a thing where Billy is the smart one here in this little scene. They get Don't to the, you dare say that, oh, sir. Hang on, man. They get to the they get to the power core entrance, and then Jimmy's like, oh, hey, let's go in. And then Billy's like, hey, man, it says please use other door. And Jimmy's like, oh, no, that's a that's a diversion. That's they, they want you to think it's the other door. And Billy's like, oh, is that what they want you to think? And then they get in there, and then they go down this weird Donkey Kong mine shaft thing. What the fuck was the purpose of that anyway? I don't in know. Order, in, was that to get unwelcomed guests right into the center of their hub? Is the, Are the gangs, like, can they not read? Like, in, well, if, if somebody can read, they can just use the stairs? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. And look, it's the power core midgets. God, that the mall mice. That fucking out- outfit that Marion has on, man. Yeah, I know. That scene <laughs> of her sneaking in the grate is just I feel like the I feel like they didn't even intend that scene until the guy the director got that camera back there and then he was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna just have to address this. <laughs> she is not hard to look at. Let's uh No, she is not. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Marion is also making fun of them right now because they're trying to explain like, oh, this medallion that we have, it's magic. And she's like, make it do something. And they try. And he's like, Billy's like, wait, it's called Double Dragon. We need to do it together. And then some asshole's spinning this thing around that makes noise. And everybody thinks, well, they think that it's doing something, but it, it doesn't. Yeah, it's one of those whistle hose things that you, you get for like 99 cents at a toy store in the 90s. And you swing it around and it goes this movie is so fucking 90s <laughs> all right so they make a plan to essentially sneak into shuko's place but they do it like a bunch of mall rats would because they get a bunch of the power core kids together and they go rollerblading in the mall just like the mighty ducks and the idea there is that it's going to distract the security guards so they so the three of them can sneak in oh and here's the scene with the butt where yep. billy and jimmy are both <laughs> right behind her and then they fight to get in there right behind her because oh, they're boy. teenage boys and that's how yeah. it would actually go i i'd have been right there with them i'm honestly surprised they were able to even remember what the fuck they were doing there by the time they actually got into that larger room <laughs> well they, they don't actually because they're following marion and she she explains the plan and she's like oh, it is really it's a really in, intricate and like a smart plan actually and jimmy's like he's just kind of being a prick at this point he's like that's not a plan and billy's like no it's a great plan she's gonna download the uplink or uplink upload the downlink or something you know <laughs> that's right early 90s computer talk yeah just throw out throw out some technical terms and <laughs> The audience will be mystified. Well, clearly, J- Billy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about either. She seemed well, to actually know what she was talking about. Clearly, Marion doesn't know what she's talking about either because she said she's going to download the information to the server. Well, that's no, not but, how it works. You upload to a server. But she sold it, though. I believe that she thinks that that's right. Yes, I believe that she thinks that that's <laughs> right, too. And I believe that they're all doomed. She's going to download the uplink or uplink, upload the downlink, I think. is. I think she does say she's going to upload. No, she says download. I remember because it pissed me off, just like it always pisses me off when I watch 90s movies. And they say download when they mean upload. It was the 90s, man. Computers barely existed. It pissed me off in the 90s and I was barely computer literate. You were, you were just a pretentious douche in the 90s. That's why you just you just needed to be right about stuff. I would argue with you if you weren't absolutely correct. I was going to say, you know how I know that? Because by the early 2000s, I was about to say. 
and then like it wanes but i'm still like that every once in a while they do veer off course though because they hear they hear shuko's voice and they're like oh fuck we're going this way and they're trying to get the medallion oh by the way marion's dad is in a meeting with shuko right now shuko's offering him money to just leave the gangs to their business and, and jimmy's like oh you're gonna be rich marion and she punches him in the, in the stomach good call when you're hiding in a crawl space like yeah, they're that, doing that's a, a perfectly reasonable response yeah they're doing an awful lot of talking i don't know how these motherfuckers haven't heard them yet but they're also trying to get the get the medallion that they see on his desk <laughs> of course lash is like a cat and she's just watching this fucking thing <laughs> Yeah, like she just she just watches it for a, a really long time. <laughs> just watches what they're doing and then she decides to get clever and grabs that pole arm. The spear thing or whatever it is, I don't know what it's called. I think it's called a halberd technically. Oh yeah, there we go. That that is. But I, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. But anyway, it's a it's it's a blade on the end of a long pole and uh she grabs it and she thrusts it through the ceiling. And of course they fall and then Marion's dad doesn't know that she cut her hair and she's got this sh- sexy short blonde cut because she wears a wig at home she's like hi dad and he's like marion that's when you realize she actually is a dangerous rebel very very much the lee brothers are idiots and shuko dangles the fucking medallion right in front of him and they run at it and then he goes ole and moves out of the way and then they fall down an elevator shaft because and then Alyssa milano follows them and he's trying to stop her from going down there but she tricks him and goes down there willingly that scene doesn't make a lot of sense but you know fuck it whatever let's keep moving wonder if she still has that outfit probably still look good in it yeah she's doing all right i think yeah yeah i've seen i've seen some recent photos of her uh, you know like in the last year anyway i know they were post-pandemic photos because she was wearing a knitted mask sexy what a dumbass maybe it has a filter in it no james woods james fucking woods of all people the guy who's become the biggest conservative dumbass on the internet was like i'm not trying to shit on you i know what you're doing is well-intentioned but uh a knitted mask is about as useful as a balsa wood battleship this is the horror part of the movie where they're in they you know wherever wherever they fell down into there's all these like bodies down there we don't know what oh yeah we don't know what they're for like that's never really explained well no because he he says that he was doing some experimentation with that super steroid that he that he fed to a bobo oh does he say that fuck yeah and and then he was like you're like a son to me and like a son i can always have another one Good line. Good line. I like that one. That was a great villain line. So Shuko, of course, possesses one of these dead bodies and is a seven foot tall fucking basketball player. And he always cracks his knuckles. It's super weird. Yeah, I think that's that was the filmmakers trying to be filmmakery and be like, no, this is his thing. That's how you know he's possessing someone. But it just it's just kind of annoying because every time it's like... Because he does it excessively. He does it like the whole time he's in them. Hey, in case you were wondering, it's me in here. Crack, 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 crack. Fuck, we need to start a drinking game with some of this shit. Yeah, I'm over here getting trashed, and you're like, well, I, I would, but I don't, so. Well, there's there, there's our commentary uh, shtick. <laughs> what, we do commentary drinking game? Yeah. I'll do it if you'll do it. <laughs> I won't do it. I'll have Dr. Pepper, though. Yeah, that's what I thought. You just want to see me get shit-faced, and then you can <laughs> laugh at me the whole time. It would be for everybody. Um, I might actually do that. That's actually not a terrible idea. You and me sit down and do a commentary together while I get shit-faced, and you just relentlessly mock me the whole time. <laughs> 
that would be something to add some flavor to it something weird just happened they crushed the body of that basketball player with this giant door that was in front of a giant fan and they turn on this giant fan it's like but it's like a ventilating fan and it sucks robert patrick's soul body out of it but that yeah that fan doesn't make a ton of sense yeah but it doesn't really matter then he in he he immediately comes the back, fan something like that <laughs> but no doesn't he, he like he short circuits the fan while he's yeah. in spirit form and then he goes into that guy with the dome head he kind of looks like that character from puppet master with the drill on his head oh yeah like tunneler just a little bit i could see it <laughs> i i was just thinking of him as bullet head i wonder if that's actually a character from double dragon now i'm gonna google it i don't know the cartoon had way weirder characters because of course it's a cartoon but they basically get their asses kicked by this guy kind of because he's made out of metal so what happens is marion and billy get separated from jimmy and then this fucking thing bear hugs him and headbutts him and jimmy's kidnapped because that's what happens oh it's gonna resemble a double dragon game in a minute too because because you fight your brother oh in yeah the game yeah. yeah so like you know one of the three chances they had to make the game actually or the movie actually seem like the game yep doesn't really work then the cops oh the delario is trying to rally the troops to fucking be like all right we're gonna go out after curfew we're gonna we're gonna bust these gangs and and he's like and, and none, none of them are and he's like that's an order and they're all like fuck you guy we're not we're not having <laughs> any of that no thank you but he's he's kind of a badass i gotta gotta hand it to his character he immediately he, he walks out of the room and he's going out into the street to fight the bad guys so delario's kind of a badass i'm on his side so now we're at the scene where jimmy is being like interrogated i guess by shuko but he's like oh, we should expedite this process and the insults in this movie are very bad jimmy goes <laughs> expedite this and then he kicks a piece of the ceramic thing that broke in a little fight between lash and delario onto shuko's pants and that's it <laughs> but mark dacascus had it's some the lamest rebellion is, in history he had some of the weirdest lines like in kickboxer 5 when he called that dude a butt face i haven't seen kickboxer i five. wish i could remember the line but it was the funniest goddamn thing i heard it was the first two kickboxer movies are good and then it kind of skips a few and then that one's good because of him in it but that line fucking killed me like that is the best they could come up with his movies rated r they know that right yeah it was definitely something um so we get a little exposition billy and marion are sitting and talking and he's like he billy's holding the medallion he's like fuck this thing this thing doesn't work and she's like you did notice that it stopped shuko from jumping into your body right like so that thing protected him basically and he's he's down because his brother's gone but then oh shit we don't have time to we don't have time for melodrama the gangs are attacking the power for a minute there i thought yeah. him and uh, marion were gonna finally seal the deal oh they they do that thing where they almost kiss and then the gangs come party of five beverly hills 90210 that's the show that she was on i was trying to think of it oh and who's the boss and charmed oh, and, and charmed charmed hadn't come out yet although yeah not up to that point <laughs> all right so we get a big fight again fucking scott wolf is actually doing some martial arts at this point not not Ish. good it's not good <laughs> but he's like he's like doing it and it's kind of a lame little little fight but it's fun and stupid his like ham-fisted overhand swings and stuff i'm just like oh my god dude yes. oh and here's the who's the boss line now who's the boss and then uh generally then, i put people in the hospital and then there's a whole bunch of nickelodeon slime river yeah i, I was worried about those kids who fell in there yeah i i just figure you know like they're they just all dissolved into goo oh and poor poor bobo is tied up in their weird little bathroom and he sees there's a mirror in there this place looks pretty well kept actually it's kind of weird uh and he sees this girl like a picture of a girl on the mirror and he's like ah, chuckling and giggling like a fucking weirdo and then he sees himself in the mirror and it's a good little reaction he jumps and he's like oh god i'm ugly ah. and shuko did it to him so he's gonna he's gonna go 
be on the good guy's side now. And that's his great change of heart when yep. he realizes he'll never get laid again. I'm ugly. I mean, I mean, I gotta say, I feel like a Bobo was not big on consent to begin with, so I don't see how this is a problem for him. <laughs> yeah, probably not. He is he is a gang member after all. All right, so we're 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 coming up to the climax here. This shit's almost over. So we get all right. Some, let's take it home. We get some kind of bad slow motion, but Jimmy pops up at the last minute to take out these two idiots that Billy's fighting, and they try to do their little high five thing, but then Jimmy fucking kicks him in the face instead. Yeah, uh, let's go. I never did mention that little high five thing, that that fist bump hand wrap thing that they do. Yeah, me and my friends used to do that all the time because we thought this movie was the best. That looks like a black man going in for the fist bump and a white <laughs> guy coming up. <laughs> to to try and shake it oh it looks like a fucked up fist bump is what it looks like i think it looks cool all right leave it alone god that's okay you're allowed to be wrong then jimmy i think this is this is a super weird moment where jimmy as as shuko obviously raises his hands and everybody just kind of stops moving which is kind of a fun moment still doesn't make any damn sense though yeah it's like who the fuck knew aside from billy who knew that he was shuko it's not like he said something it's not like he was like i am shuko and this is where i learned about the the history of rome <laughs> this was your big history lesson yeah this this was it the romulus and monologue <laughs> he's a villain he's got to have at least one and he i just, mean he did literally open the movie with a monologue but uh let's go ahead and give him another one well yeah uh he's beating the shit out of billy of course and he naturally and billy's just getting it and then mark tacascus does a cool backflip i don't know if it was actually him but maybe oh and no that you, one that one he did the reverse backflip yeah or are you talking about the the forward backflip the reverse backflip yeah where he <laughs> <laughs> the actual backflip <laughs> that's a great one where they just reverse him up onto that ledge yeah it's nice right did you notice him kicking the double dragon arcade cabinet yes like what are we trying to say there fuck this game <laughs> <laughs> clearly we've never played it before <laughs> that's these filmmakers version of stanley kubrick's crashed red uh, volkswagen beetle <laughs> that is a weird thing important shit's happening on screen right now billy gets pissed because the dragon's not working and he throws it away and just like the mask it comes back at him what the fuck was up with that scene literally what the fuck this guy is killing people left and right to try and get this thing and he's just like you know what i don't need you so he throws it at the guy who's trying to kill everybody to get a hold of it and then the dragon's like fucking moron and then the dragon wakes up and goes like fine fuck you kid here i work now that is sending a very mixed message (laughs) and he gets kicked through a brick wall like hey you know what the key to unlocking your potential is throwing tantrums well yeah take that one home and and mull it over kids i really like uh the exposition line there when billy gets kicked through the wall he puts the medallion back on and he goes it must be the power of the body because they hadn't set that up well enough yet yeah we haven't heard about it well we only heard about it like once or twice i don't know shugo's gonna kill jimmy but billy gets underneath the weird punching bag or whatever the fuck that thing is that was the worst murder attempt i've ever seen yeah that was really bad even as a kid i'm like wait a minute there's there's no way that that couldn't have been thwarted like, what <laughs> yeah you want a murder attempt that's really you know put a gun to your head or something throw him off a 10-story building oh and then billy finally finally gets gets a little heat in his fucking stuff and he's like get out of my brother and he starts doing the doing the the drum technique from karate kid in the frack I believe Shuko. it's fracas. Oh, good. French. Let's 
do that. Shuko rips the medallion off his necklace and he fucking, he leaves Jimmy's body, but oh shit, he has both of the double dragons now. And then we have a, we have a PG movie moment right before Shuko puts the <laughs> dragons together. Billy goes, oh shh. And then Shuko says, you said it. And then we get that exact same bad edit, bad cut off yep. again uh, when they take the thing back. Yeah. So Shuko puts the dragons together and then all the power drains out of the entire city and all he can think to come up with is turning himself into two badly made up demon samurai guys you know who they looked like they looked like the slave dealer from the warrior and the sorceress have you watched the warrior and the sorceress yet no no it's on my Um, queue though i know that that's on our list of movies we're going to do this year because we're getting weird oh it's it's gonna get uh, weird clearly i think you'll see what i mean when you see (laughs) the makeup on that guy It's not good. Well, I was looking at it and I'm like, well, that makeup doesn't look good. I'm like, well, I mean, it looks good for this, I guess. <laughs> like, not <it's>, a compliment. <laughs> it's like, it's fine. It looks better than a lot of the gang costumes. It looks better than those big fucking mickey hands oh so the power went out again uh so they have to hit the generator but it's because of a bobo and he's like he hates the lights so she has to hit the generator but by the time she gets to the generator they've already started to get the upper hand on the guy a little bit and then the lights come on and kabagoom i don't know what that means (laughs) so the lights don't know what to do with that do you (laughs) no i don't uh the lights come on and they they're they're, they team up now the double dragons are finally dragoning doubly together and they do that move from the beginning of the movie where they grab each other's arms and they swing each other around and then they they beat the shit out of those double monster guys and the move actually works this time yeah it does it it, billy doesn't lose his grip like a little bitch (laughs) and then for some reason the dragons just fall out of the sky into their hands well, I think the idea is that they kicked him so hard in the head that <laughs> both of the necklaces flew up into the air. Oh, okay, sure. And you know, something then, super logical like that. They put the dragons together. Now, this one, this this is a good question for you. What did you think of their costumes? Um Yeah. <laughs> Well, it was the 90s, uh, and cocaine was still really big in Hollywood, so you kind of got to write some of these things off. (laughs) The worst fucking costumes ever. Like, in the game, they just wore clothes. Warriors-esque clothes, actually, you know, like the kind of cool leather vest. Oh, yeah, yeah. After they beat the shit out of Shuko a little bit in their, oh my god, in their bedazzled fucking ninja uniform. Jimmy decides he's going to use the soul power and possess Shuko, and it's kind of funny to watch Robert Patrick do all this goofy shit. He's, like, hitting himself, (laughs) and he's doing somersaults and shit. (laughs) I'm like, this motherfucker was T-1000. He was scary. (laughs) Three years later, he's not scary anymore. Well, clearly the dude has a sense of humor. He's he's better now. Like, he he gets real, real roles these days but that's what i love that's what i love about him it's like whatever he's doing he just he just goes in for it you know like if he's doing something hammy and shitty like this he's just like all right you want to see hammy and shitty i'll show you hammy and shitty and it's, i'll take it to the next level motherfucker yes it's, it's delightful <laughs> so the the police chief shows up obviously jimmy's still possessing shuko and he's like hey man you guys are underfunded i'm gonna write you a check for what 128 million dollars or whatever yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to take bribes. And he's like, what? No bribes. Arrest me. He's that is so- a very 90s movie. I mean, wow. Like I said, this movie is so fucking 90s. It can hardly keep its pants on. The movie's almost over. So we're now outside of the power core hideout and the fucking cops show up and they're like reporting for duty because they decided to stop being little bitches and fucking help out. You know, it, 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 that kind of reminds me of a, uh, I don't know if it was Twitter or Instagram or maybe, maybe just Reddit post I saw the other day where it's like uh it's it's this photo of all these cops and uh they're standing in front of a patrol car and they're like we're out patrolling this weekend keeping the neighborhood safe you know and it's like a hero shot sort of a thing and then the comment underneath is like yeah you mean you're doing your fucking job that you're paid to do blue lives matter sir yeah i i mean yeah i don't know just think you're yeah no they're special they're special fuck those guys yeah that's pretty douchey. the old the only cop in this whole movie i have respect for is the chief though you know what i will say this is it any wonder that the police have gotten to the point we're at with movies like this (laughs) and cobra oh god uh fucking tango and cash and shit like that infiltrating our young minds for an entire generation (laughs) is it any wonder that things are at the point they're at well you mean i can't just walk into a fucking store and start shooting some dude who fucking like oh my god cobra cobra's great we need i'm not saying that movies are responsible down the line for that stuff but shit does have an effect oh no it's you know it's not entirely uninvolved yeah you know culture has something to do with it for sure sure. so we are at the end of the movie here shuko's getting put in the back of the cop car and he goes you think i'm bad wait till you see what do you meet my lawyers okay And then he just giggles. He's like, ah, yep. God, he has crazy He eyes. is so completely undefeated at the end of this movie. Yeah, no, he's a rich asshole who did just give <laughs> $128 million to the police, which there's no way that that, well, I mean, I guess it is technically legal. He no, there's the no way that, there's no way that that goes through. There's no way that, I mean, he can't dispute it on the grounds of, I was possessed. You know, but he could, I mean, you could very, very easily be like, no, he was, he was threatening to beat me. He, he, he forced me to do that. But there, there's a whole room full of witnesses though. Granted, they are just a gang, Uh but still. Yeah. A whole, a whole room full of criminals. (laughs) Marion and the power cord do fix up the dragon wagon though. That's their car. That's the car. We, I forgot to, I don't think they actually call it the dragon wagon until right now at the end of the movie. Because why set up something like that? What use could that possibly serve? Yeah. And a Bobo shows up and he's like, you think I can vote? can hang out with you guys instead and marion's like yeah sure and jimmy's like i don't fucking know it's like wait it's not a bobo it's billy because for some reason he thinks that billy now has the power to tr- jump into people's bodies and shit too well i i think the idea is that they both have both of the powers oh well that's not explained at all i think that doesn't make any sense yeah i don't know i mean it would make sense but that was just, that was the impression i got it's it's never clearly stated no but yeah uh yeah jimmy thinks Billy is possessing a Bobo, and so he's like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead and drive." <laughs> Him and Marion are sitting in the back seat. A Bobo's in the in the front seat, getting ready to drive, and he's like, "Oh, I'm so glad that me and Marion can finally be alone." But he's just fucking around because he knows that Billy's into her. Uh, and then Billy pops up in the from the very back seat, right? And he's like, "What?" And then where he's apparently been sleeping for the last two and a half minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, but you know, what? he's tired, man. And then they do that thing that they've done like twelve times in the movie, where they cartoon scream. Oh shit, that should have been a freeze frame. 
frame. The I cartoon d- screen. It is a freeze frame. Go to the Double Dragon page, the Double Dragon IMDb page. Oh, is it? What is, because what is the freeze frame from the trailer that they have? I it's accidentally. Jimmy screaming. I accidentally just paused it, and that would have been a perfect, perfect ending to the movie, just them screaming. All right, so the movie's. Instead, we get Huey and Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Huey and Lewis. Their... Will Hench for food. Thugs seek ruthless boss. I did like the Will Hench for food. That was that was kind of funny. It's symptomatic of how utterly aimless this movie is, but it was funny. Yeah, this movie had no fucking idea what it was trying to be. Yeah, it's it's the worst of the worst of all possible scenarios. But hey, I like this movie. I like this movie only because I like shit movies i cannot imagine being in your position with some of these movies that have made you watch like <laughs> a lot of it is like oh i watched this when i was a kid so that's why i have some affection for it and then you you come in at 40 years old going what the fuck is this honestly i wish i could subject my kids to this i mean i can but that's going to mean subjecting myself to it again and i'm like oh i don't know if i don't know if i have enough alcohol in the house for that oh fuck i'll right do it now, again but- <laughs> i will end up watching this movie at least a few more times before i die oh i have no doubt you will i oh, yeah I probably will too. I'll probably make at least Storm watch it just because he's into he's into shit like this and he could probably enjoy it. But uh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like I, I like bad movies. I like I've said before, I am one of the men I am one of the few, the proud, the morons who threw down twenty plus dollars for a Blu-ray of Manos Hands of Fate. Oh my. Yeah, that's so, that's something. So yeah. Um you're not gonna lose me with shit like this. Okay, so I guess that would would that be your final thoughts? <laughs> My final thoughts are um this is the 90s of 90s movies possible the only 90s movies that are more 90s are just as 90s as this so if, if you're looking for a perfect bad 90s movie this is pretty perfect i grew up watching this movie and i i found that dvd that i gave you i found it at a pawn shop one day and i'm like oh fuck i'm taking this home and i've watched it a bunch since then but it's on tubi and it's on youtube so watch it and if you're really you know what, fucking crazy about it uh spend 40 dollars on the mvd rewind blu-ray you know what made it even more 90s for me is it's a full screen dvd oh is it oh shit and it doesn't even have like the opening crawl in the letterbox nope it's four four three all the way baby that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) i did not realize that the last time i watched it i watched it on 2b so yeah i haven't put that dvd in in a while That's awesome. I fucking love it. Yep. It's not not the best movie you can get that's kind of like this, but it's definitely... It's- oh, it's... If you like this kind of thing, if you like Super Mario Brothers, if you like Street Fighter, this is this is right, right, right in that sweet spot. Definitely a time capsule of what they thought was cool in the 90s. <laughs> Or what they thought was going to be big in 2007. Apparently, when they were writing this movie, the the writers knew that somebody was working on... They knew whoever was working on uh, Demolition Man, so there's a lot of ideas that kind of cross over. And they asked the guy writing it, it's like, can we, do, can we use this? Is that cool? <laughs> Some of it? Demolition Man would go along really well with this movie, too. But Demolition Man is a slightly better movie. Like, Demolition Man isn't just completely inept on every level. It's bad, <laughs> but it's not completely inept like this movie is it's not like they were just like fuck it we're all gonna die let's burn it to the ground demolition man was a weird meta movie before meta was a thing yeah kind of yeah kind of but it it, demolition man's a really good bad movie but it's also slightly it's it's technically 
sound is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. It's technically sound. And I fucking love it. Yes. Gotta gotta love Demolition Man. I told you I drunk bought that on Laserdisc, right? No, but that sounds like something you do, and that's awesome. I approve of that. And it it just, I was like blackout drunk, (laughs) and I bought it on, I went online. Somebody mentioned, this was at a Stinker Fest one year. Someone mentioned Demolition Man. I was like, I gotta fucking have it. And I went, and I ordered it off Amazon, which is weird for me. I ordinarily do not order Laserdisc stuff amazon i usually do ebay and uh but i ordered it off amazon and and it came in the mail a week later and i was like where the (laughs) fuck did this come from and then my girlfriend had to tell me dipshit you drunk bought that during stinker fest oh that's awesome that's fun i don't i love demolition man too so i think that does it that's that's fucking double dragon that's what we think of it and everybody and their grandma should go watch it why not pretty much yeah yeah because they literally were trying to make a movie for everybody apparently if you you've ever watched a movie in your life this is a movie in your life that it is that it is so i guess if you're really into it you could follow us on some social media on everything at the shark pod and if you want to give us some money pretty soon we might even have patreon shit up and running uh you can go to patreon.com slash sharks across hollywood i did try the audibletrial.com slash sharks across hollywood i guess it still works woohoo <laughs> <laughs> that woohoo at the end got me <laughs> I'm excited. Buy some books and listen to them and shit and fucking you get a month free and all that garbage. So (laughs) that's a good way to sell it. You could even probably find the warriors on there, which we talked about in this episode. Maybe, maybe don't get freaked out by all the rape and murder in that one because there's a lot of it. Have you actually read it? No, I just watched the what's the difference. Oh, okay. But there's a lot of rape and murder in it. Well, they they threaten a lot of rape in the warriors. It's not fun like the fucking movie. It's disturbing and sad but yeah so that'll do it we'll be back next week or in a couple weeks or whatever the fuck with something else or we might just fucking do double dragon again who knows oh that's all i'm down let's do it (laughs) this is officially that would be so fucking weird (laughs) this is officially dragons across hollywood i know what i'm suggesting for april (laughs) (laughs) oh shit yes but hey until then i don't know when then is but until then stay jawsome